the most successful brands and inspiring entrepreneurs always have a deep connection between their business and their personal beliefs. They have found their purpose, the underlying reason they work for and have integrated that into their life and work. And that's why today I'm talking to someone who has mastered this process, Molly Mandelberg, a spiritual entrepreneur. Molly works as a business strategist, copywriter and transformation facilitator with her brand Wild Hearts Rise Up. She works with coaches and healers to reach a wider audience with their life-changing work. I'm talking to her about the sweet spot where business and spirituality meet. Molly explains how energy and strategy work together and how she connects to her clients on different levels. You're listening to the Sweet Spot Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Zeus, and today I have a conversation about big questions, living the van life as an entrepreneur, and combining marketing and magic. This is a great episode for all brand owners and entrepreneurs who look for a spiritual connection with their working life. Before we start the show, a quick word from my sponsor. Today's podcast episode is again presented by Rösternest, which is German for Roaster's Nest. This family-owned coffee roastery offers a variety of carefully hand-roasted specialty blends. High-quality beans in a gentle, individual roasting makes Rösternest coffee a real taste experience. Today, I am drinking Le Petilon, a slightly acidic filter coffee with the fresh aroma of green apple and melon. With the promo code SWEETSPOT10, listeners of this podcast get 10% off of any order till April 30th. Visit rösternest.de and use the promo code SWEETSPOT10 and have yourself a caffeinated, highly creative brainstorming session. All info in the show notes. And now, let's start the show. Welcome to the sweet side. This is the Sweet Spot Podcast with Mark Zeus, investigating entrepreneurship, purpose, and the creative life. Sweet people, please welcome with me Molly Mandelberg. Nice to see you again, Molly. Nice to see you too. <laughs> I had the pleasure of being on your podcast, Tactical Magic, two weeks ago. Um, so I'm very happy to welcome you today and introduce you to the sweet people. Molly, um, I'm just going to give a brief introduction on what you do. And um, of course, we're going to dive in deeper into your work and uh, the sweet spot of your entrepreneurial endeavors. But You work as a business strategist and transformation facilitator. Um, your brand is called Wild Hearts Rise Up. We're going to talk about that amazing brand name in a second. And you describe your work like this. You work with coaches and healers. You're ready to reach a wider audience with their life-changing work. You help them both tackle the tech, um, create the content and magnetize and engage their soulmate clients to their businesses. Super nice copywriting, by the way. Um, <laughs> and if I understand that correctly, your, the sweet spot of your brand is working with a very um, specific group of people, I would say. You call them healers doing life-changing work. That sounds super exciting. But how do you find and connect with your clients? 
Yeah, I mean, through various ways. Um, as far as how people find me, it's often through referrals or through my own online marketing strategies. I have lots of uh, avenues through which I broadcast. I have two podcasts. I have a couple books. I have uh probably eight different lead magnets. A couple of those are quizzes, which are great list builders. And then I'm a big fan of um, nurturing my audience. So once someone gets onto my email list or gets into my flow in some way, um, I deliver a lot of content without a lot of calls to action. And I think that really builds a close relationship with my people. Um, So that's like Mm -hmm. strategically how I find my people. There's also um, to speak to my sweet spot with what the work that I do with my clients is it's not just the things that we create that magnetize our people to us. It's also the energy that we emit and the clarity of that broadcast that we're putting out there energetically. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have so many ways and avenues through which we can sort of turn our magnets up so that those, mm-hmm. as I call them, soulmate clients can find their way in a lot easier, a lot faster. Um, yeah. So we can do more of the great work that we're here to do. Okay. So let's you just talked about two sides of your business the one term you laid out perfectly how you market it how you build lead funnels lead generation campaigns and everything but i especially want to dive into the the second half of your answer because as you said healers are people who offer life-changing work so to speak um would you say the way you put out your messages or as you call it, magnetism and energy that you usually attract like the fitting customers, people that are interested in fitting that, or is that like a, like a really detailed process of figuring out, okay, who applied, who am I going to work with? How, I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of um, energy and a lot of spiritual things going on in your work and also collaboration. And I'm interested in that process. How do you really pick people to then go work with? Yeah. I mean, the beautiful thing about marketing is we have an opportunity to really show who we are through it by sharing our story, by using uh, language that really resonates with us. So I think when anyone comes across my business and they read, you know, any sales page or any Instagram post or whatever they come across, they're getting a sense of the spirituality that I bring to my work. They're getting a sense of um, the wild nature that I come at it with. Uh, You know, I swear a lot. I live in a van and travel the world full time. Like there's nothing... Mm -hmm. um, normal or uh, cookie cutter about the way that I run my business. And I think the people that are attracted to that are almost always going to be a good fit for me. They want to work with somebody who doesn't fit the mold or who isn't going to try and um, piece them into some specific framework that should work for everyone. Because I know most of my clients, the framework isn't going to work for them. Or, you know, the the one size fits all isn't what they're after. They're looking for somebody to really mm-hmm. meet them where they are and support them in finding what their framework is and what their mm-hmm. business model wants to be. So I think it's again, you know, I say I teach marketing and magic and every question you ask, I feel like is going to have one (laughs) of each of those answers that there's strategy behind it. And there's also the energetics of being aware of who you are, of who you want to call in, of what kind of a client is an ideal match for you. And then how can we put the pieces of the puzzle together to fit that person to make it really appealing to them. And also 
Um, when I talk about the magic, when I talk about the energy and the magnetism, mm -hmm. a lot of that is being willing to look at our own limiting beliefs or our own fears or hesitations where, you know, we launch a course, but there's some part of us deep down that's really terrified that people are going to sign up because then we'll have to do this thing that we're not sure we know how to do. And if we don't look at those pieces of, you know, energetic resistance, then it can be a lot of work to keep launching things and having them go nowhere. So I think it's really important as leaders. I work with leaders, healers, mentors, um, spiritual guides, people who are trading mostly in wisdom and guidance and in service based businesses, especially those people. It's important to honor all those parts of ourselves and move through that resistance so that we can have, you know, the business, the freedom, the lifestyle, the impact that we want to have. Well, well said. Um, well, I can relate on, on the level that I'm also kind of an offbeat design studio. Usually have these tidied up white cubes, minimalistic music, people in hoodies. So I can relate to that, that you maybe attract a more offbeat or more adventurous audience. But I want to dive into really what you do. You talked about energy, magic, spirituality. Um, let's start with the, with the top layer of your brand. I love this very, romantic brand name you chose wild hearts rise up how did you how did you find that name how did that find its way into your life yeah i started my business when i when i first first started my business i was doing hypnotherapy and hypnosis so it was a lot of uh inner work focus and it was called full spectrum hypnotherapy because back then I I was like hypnosis can help anyone do anything so like full spectrum and that gave me a reason to use you know rainbows in my branding which I wanted to do <laughs> um, but <laughs> once I shifted away from hypnosis as my main focus and I was starting to look at coaching and I was trying to create a brand name that really encompassed who I want to work with and what they want that I want to help them do. And so Wild Hearts is who and Rising Up is what. So Wild Hearts Rise Up just felt like a fit. And now I go, you know, write a book and it's like, well, what's it going to be called? Well, Wild Hearts Rise Up is still the best name I got. So the the book is called Wild Hearts Rise Up. You know, I'm starting another uh, side business, not side business, another whole business that I'm hopefully going to be building a retreat center soon. That might be called Wild Hearts Rise Up too. It really just encompasses who I want to talk to and what I think we're capable of. And I think the people that work with me are trying to choose and trying to claim that ascension, that trans transformation, that self-actualization that is, you know, can be called rising up. Love it. Love it. Great story for the, for the name. Really, really like it. So, okay, let's, let's dive into how these wild hearts can actually rise up, how you help them. Um, as far as I can understand from the outside, not having worked with you, you as the founder, as the beating heart of this business, you combine business and strategy and financial skills and marketing, um, with spirituality. And I think that's a very, at least in, in, in Europe and especially in Germany, it's a very rare combination in the professional world. And um, I assume that you've always been a spiritual person, but I imagine it's still a big step maybe to openly communicate this with your brand and to scout clients that match that profile. So maybe you can take us on the journey on how you came to the, yeah, to the point where you said, okay, I want to combine business and your beliefs or spirituality and just get it into one piece. 
Yeah, absolutely. So as I said, I started out doing my business around hypnosis and hypnotherapy, which is all about the subconscious mind, the power that we have to reprogram ourselves by tapping into that subconscious narrative and rewriting that story. So that was where I started from. And I will say, yeah, it's been a lifetime of uh, being a seeker, a spiritual, whatever you want to call it. Um, Very fascinated with why we're here, how to optimize our like experience of being here on earth and just reading hundreds of books on, you know, everything from past life regression therapy to, you know, the seven habits of successful people or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very Mm -hmm. into Mm -hmm. personal growth and personal development. So as I said, I was doing hypnosis and then I realized if you noticed already, I don't talk very slow naturally. So doing hypnosis, you have to talk really slow, put people into a trance like state. I was getting tired of that stuff out of after about a year of doing hypnosis. And so I wanted to switch into coaching and I started trying out a bunch of different niches. I was trying to find my sweet spot. As I did that, I was building out tons of content. I was building out, you know, a new course, a new sales funnel, all these new emails. Every single time I switched my focus because I was trying to find what I was here to be doing. And as I did that, I mastered these tools. I mastered the technology. I understood how these pieces of the puzzle could fit together. And I got pretty good at copywriting. And at some point I was having this like identity crisis, like, Hey, to my friend, Karen, I was like, Karen, would you please just tell me like what the world needs from me? Cause I can't seem to see it, um, for myself. And she said, you know, all that stuff that you've been studying and mastering and getting really good at, like, we need your help with that. We need your help with the copywriting and the system building and the technology to broadcast our message bigger. And the words that came out of my mouth were, no one's going to pay me for that. That's the fun part. And if you ever find yourself saying that, um, uh, yeah. check yourself because that you might be the thing you're meant to be doing. Um, but she was like, no, no, no. We need your help with that. We hate that part. And a lot of, yeah, the touchy-feely healer types are not good with technology and they're not good at talking about what they do and making that clear statement of like, I'm here for this and this is why you should trust me to help you with that. Um, so I was like, okay, I started letting... My friends at first hire me and then that just grew and grew until it was a full-fledged business. But it was a business based on, I'll help you with the strategy. I'll help you with the technology. I'll help you with the content. And so that part of me that was like, is so passionate about up-leveling ourselves from the inside out was not being met. And what I found in my business was that my spiritual practice, my like, ritual around my productivity, all these pieces of the puzzle that I had to implement for myself to allow my offerings to get traction, to get my business to build momentum, that that was a key component. And that was the spiritual inner side that was not being like tended to with my clients in my business. So then I started spending a few years merging those two together and Every course and program that I offer now has at least some aspect of the inner work, the limiting beliefs, the reprogramming of self, the building in of daily habits to support you so that you can really believe that the thing you're creating is worth creating and deserves to be found and purchased or invested in or opted into, whatever the case may be, and that the results that my clients get when we address that part also is hugely different than when we didn't, when when I didn't add that aspect in. So I think it's not just a key component. I think it's 
like a crucial component to look at the energetic side of things. And yeah, it's so much more fun to get to run my business that way because I love talking about the magic and the energy and how that all works. I love that. So you mentioned your book before and now that you talked about your, your work a little bit, do you have like, um, can you guide us into one of your case studies or examples of your work? Because it sounds really interesting, but maybe for all the sweet people listening who don't have a lot of experience with marketing strategy or even in this this line of work, this this field that your clients come from, maybe you have a little case study or something that you can tell us about to get insights on how your work looks. Yeah, totally. So uh One of my big my big program is called MAGIC, which stands for Magnetic Influencer Collective. And that's a six months course where you get home study materials, you get a group uh, setting of community aspect, and you also get one on one uh, private time with me to work on things, whatever it is. This last round of MAGIC, we had uh, two different people launch uh, brand new programs and fill them with new people. We had uh, one person launch a new product line of an essential oil blend series that she made and almost completely sell that out. Um, one person hadn't been, she's been a yoga instructor and spiritual leader for many, many years, but she hasn't taught and she's wanted to teach like in group settings and workshops. And she hasn't done that for fear of uh, being you know, cast out of society or whatever that witch wound might be, fear of judgment, fear of being sued, whatever the thing is. And uh, she started leading workshops. She started teaching. She's now sharing her magic in like group settings so much easily, so much more easily than she was before. She wasn't doing it at all before. So now she has this capacity to create things and put them out into the world and get people into them and share herself in such a bigger way. So for each person, it's going to look a little bit different. Everybody starts working with me at varying degrees of their business being set up or not. So some people need the tools to literally just figure out how do I make a thing that lets somebody put their email in so then I can email them. Like that's first opt-in process, we need to set that up, whether it's for a workshop, whether it's for a free gift, whatever it is. Once you have that system in place, you can then duplicate it for any offering that you want to create. So first off, it's like the capacity with the tools. What do you need the tools to do for you? And how can we set those up with as much ease as possible so you can duplicate it again down the road effortlessly? And then the other aspect is, like I said, again, the energy of why are you afraid to put that workshop out there? And what do we need to look at or reframe or, you know, find a deeper truth about so that the technology that's now figured out and handled, it's not the barrier. If there is another barrier, let's look at that so that you can now, like, share your creativity without any leash, any bridle, any stopping point keeping you from doing that. And yeah, it's the most fun thing in the world to see somebody who has been like behind a veil of, I don't know how, or I shouldn't do this to suddenly just shining in their brilliance and sharing it with the world. It's like so fun to get to watch that happen. If you could guide people along the way, that's one of the most fulfilling things you can do, I think. Yeah. Um, Molly, you talked about energy so much that um, I want to talk about your van life a little bit, because um My experience in working in, in, in different fields, different environments, like my design studio, um, hosting workshops all over the place, all over the world, or painting in an art studio, I noticed 
how much impact the environment has, at least on my work, in terms of which ideas come, how do you get in the flow, um, how quiet you need it to be, how busy do you need it to be, how much information, inspiration do you let in a room at, at one point. And your business is mobile. So um, as you say on your website, that's why you like to help your clients to create uh, that as well, autonomy. Um, and you started uh, the van life in 2018, I think I read. And I never had that experience myself, not even for holiday, even though it looks like a lot of fun. So maybe first of all, for all people listening who have no experience with the van life, um, what's the best and worst thing about living and working um, this way? What would you say? Um, I mean, the best thing is you can be anywhere you want to be at any time and you can be there for people in your life with so much ease. Like if, if someone in my life is having a health crisis or they're having a baby or they're having something happen, I can just pull up and like be their support system for a few weeks or a month or whatever and be in their life. And the ease with which I can do that is like so wonderful like my mom was having a breast cancer thing last summer not a thing she had breast cancer and i was able to just be there and spend a few months there and take her oh, to her yeah. doctor's appointments and like you know hold her hand as she's walking through this scary scary path and i didn't have to worry about who was watching my house because you know who was taking care of my mail or whatever yeah. I, my life shouldn't yeah. just go there and be there and be self-sustaining in that place so the freedom to do that the freedom to be somewhere that feels good to me or leave a place if it doesn't feel good to me anymore. For me, um, the weather is a huge factor too. So be able to be somewhere sunny or to be there for people when they need me or when I want to be around them. Uh, that's huge. That's the best thing in my opinion, that freedom. The worst thing, uh, I joke that the hardest part about van life is recycling because there are a lot of places where you can't just get rid of your, you know, aluminum club soda cans or whatever. Um, I don't, that's not really like the worst thing. I think van life is challenging. It, it has aspects that you don't think about in your normal life. Like you have to wonder how much water do I have left before I need to refill my water jugs or, you know, how am I going to keep my food cold this week? My fuse blew on my fridge the day that I got groceries. So I'm like, okay, how am I going to handle this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luckily I was only a few hours from my friend's house in Tucson. So there's a fuse coming in the mail tomorrow and I could put my food in her fridge. Um, but yeah, All there's right. things you don't think about that you have to address or take care of, or how are you going to stay warm? You know, do you have enough gas money to get to the next place you're trying to go? There's a lot of aspects that don't come into your normal thought. Um, where am I going to shower next? You know, if you don't have a shower in your yep. van. Yep. Yep. Um, so that's the hardest part. And I think some people go into this lifestyle because they want to find themselves or escape their problems. And really being alone in a van, not knowing where you're going to sleep tonight, it can actually exacerbate a lot of things if you're not willing to like care for yourself or look at that darker stuff when the shadow shows up. Um, but it can also be an insanely power empowering experience to have, you know, troubles occur or challenges arise and do whatever the hell it takes to fix that or to solve it or to take care of yourself in that moment. And that feels like a victory a lot of the time. So it can build this kind of self-confidence um, that some people, I think, need an experience of. And it, it has that quite frequently <laughs> because you have to take care of yourself in a lot of ways that a house 
often takes care of itself for you. Um, so yeah, those are the main things. And as far as work goes and creativity, I vacillate between, you know, I'm moving too much. I need to settle down to like work on all these ideas that I have. And so I'll stop and park for a few weeks or be near a friend's house for a few weeks to really dig in and have solid internet to like follow through with some big project. And then there is often a point for me where it's like, okay, I've been sitting here for too long. Like I'm not I'm out of fresh ideas. I need to get back on the road to like get re-inspired. So for me, it is a push and pull between like the expansion and the inspiration of going and the desire to like pause and nest and like dig into my creations. Okay. So many, so many interesting points. Well, first of all, the upsides sound really, really amazing. Um, secondly, I hope uh, your mom is better. She's and better she's now. Okay yeah, now. she's okay. Thanks. Okay. Happy to hear that. Um, and then, yeah, um, especially the last part for this this podcast, talking about your brand and everything, because that's the that's the thing I wondered. Because it sounds super romantic, and there's a lot of freedom, but at the same time, there's so much things you maybe have to let go or give in to this context of okay, let's see where it leads us, which is kind of like the way you describe it is very similar to an entrepreneurial lifestyle as well. You got to go with the flow. Sometimes you rest somewhere, then you have to move on. And I think there can be some similarities, but I was really interested as well with this. Um, I mean, you work remotely as far as I get it. I don't know if you ever do like client one-on-one -on -one meetings or something, yeah. but I also wondered about little things like the internet and, and stuff like yeah. that where you, okay, you can drop by friends and yeah. Yeah. It's stress. It's stressful sometimes not having enough signal. because I have a wee booster which is a cell signal yeah. booster. And then I run my whole business off of hotspotting from two different phones that have two different data plans. So usually one phone or the other has a good one. A lot of the van lifers out there, I just hung out with a bunch of them the past couple of weeks. They have the Starlink thing, which is, I think, Elon Musk's fancy satellite internet. And that's working great for a lot of people, but that's also a huge investment. But um, yeah, personally, I just hotspot off my cell plan and I run, you know, two podcasts full time. I have private clients i run two Since membership out, groups yeah. yeah there's a lot of things that i'm running on that and it works so and your podcast studio is in your van you're sitting in your podcast right studio here. right now yeah super cool <laughs> i love it i love it so um because i entered this this question with talking about the different environments that i work in i'm talking on an energetic level i don't know have you worked before in different environments i mean you're in the van life for what five years now or something i don't know if your line of work changed being in the van already but how would you compare it to working in a stationary office or something because um, i imagine it has a huge impact especially on your creative output to live that lifestyle yeah i'm not the best person to ask for that because i While I've been in the van for five years, I've been nomadic for 15 years. So most of my life I've been going and traveling and being somewhere new um, and not staying put anywhere for very long. Um, but I did when I was a hypnotherapist, I started my business um, seeing clients in an office and because I was already nomadic for eight or whatever years before that, 
it was challenging for me personally to stay put somewhere and have to show up at an office in person. So I knew early on that I needed to make my business able to be remote because I was not willing to commit to being in one place that long. Well, things that can stay in your home is your book, for example. Um, I think we can put up um, a link in the show notes where people can find it. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about what we can find in your book. Yeah. Uh, Wild Hearts Rise Up is, uh, I say it from ideation to actualization. So I kind of mm -hmm. happened upon this framework that is from the major arcana of the tarot deck um, and pulled some archetypes from there that um, kind of make sense as this journey of how an idea comes into physical reality. So you have a thought and then you start exploring it and taking action and showing up for it and interacting with that thought until boom, it becomes a thing. So like how a baby gets born, how a piece of art gets made, as you would know, how a book gets written, how a business gets built, how a person steps into leadership, for example. So it's a lot of, it's kind of memoir, kind of personal development, self-help kind of book, but um, a lot of my own stories of how those phases of my journey looked and how I stepped into more and greater creation and inspiration and leadership in my own life. We talked about magic and I mentioned your podcast, Tactical Magic, um, at the beginning. So what advice would you give people listening, maybe brand owners, maybe entrepreneurs themselves, um, to find more magic or their magic and incorporate that into their work and their mission? Yeah, absolutely. So the sort of catchphrase that I use at the end of every episode of my podcast is ask big questions and take bold action because you're here for a reason. And I think asking big questions like be willing to be curious, be willing to look for other possibilities. Anytime you feel that there's a setback or a roadblock, ask how it might be there to support you or what you could learn from this and take bold action. I think a lot of people get stuck in, I, I need clarity before I can act. And it's like, you know, if you were willing to just explore and like follow this one path until it splits off into a new path, there's a lot of learning, a lot of discovery that can happen with that willingness to get curious and show up and start taking action. So that's my advice. Ask big questions and take bold action because you're here for a reason. That's an amazing quote. Thanks. Um, yeah. Also, um, I always have two questions that I ask all of my podcast guests. Um, first one is, is there anything you're reading, watching, um, writing maybe right now that you want to recommend to people? Could be you also gave us an amazing quote right now, but maybe there's something else that inspires you right now that people can share. With yeah, us. yeah. I'm actually rereading a book for the third time because I read it twice a couple years ago and now I'm reading it with a friend. We have sort of a private book club. Um, it's called Existential Kink by Dr. Carolyn Elliott. And it's uh, looking at psychologically how our shadow can sort of manifest, how our unconscious mind is actually creating sometimes what we'd call bad or wrong or negative circumstances, and that there's actually some deeper part of us that gets some kinky pleasure from the bad things in our lives. And once we're willing to look at that, um, we can change it or address it or acknowledge it in a new way and it can change. So Existential Kink, very good book. Um, yeah. And personally, I would say one of my life hacks the last six months, I've been reading a lot of fantasy fiction. <laughs> 
um, because it gives me this like, like break from reality. Like, of course, reading fiction is an escape of some kind, but it's felt like a huge life hack because I'll be, you know, I have a couple minutes between calls and I'll just spend 10 minutes diving into this other world where I'm like suddenly like winning battles and like, you know, fighting evil. And uh, yeah, I've been having a lot of fun reading fiction lately. And I feel like it's bringing me this sense of like joy that uh, supercharges my life in a new way, which has been really fun. That's amazing. So you gave us Two options, two ways to go, fantasy world or full Jungian kink. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's perfect. Super nice. And yeah, of course, the last question, um, what can we look forward to? I saw um, we recommended your book. Um, I saw on your website you have this amazing tarot-based um, quiz that people can take. I really enjoyed that one. Um, but what else is happening? What can we look forward to? Yeah, I mean, uh, right now we're in January 2023. I have a six-month group program that I call Magic, which I mentioned on the call which is starting now, um, starting next week. It's also starting probably again in July or August. That's like my uh, signature program. That's like the best stuff I've ever created. I put all into one place. And that's where people usually get the most um, shift and impact from me. Um, but as far as more things coming, um, there'll be a free five-day challenge happening this spring. Um, probably related to uh, creating, launching, and delivering your first or next course or program. And then uh, personally, I'm looking at, you know, finding land and building a retreat center, hopefully acquiring land sometime this year. So sometime in the future, you could come and visit and attend a retreat or a transformational event on some land that I'm going to tend to and curate. Um, so that's hopefully not too distant, but a distant thing to look forward to. Well, then I have one more follow-up question. Yeah. Give us a little insight if you want to share it already and put a little ding out there. What's the retreat going to be like? What it's going to be about? Yeah, it's a retreat center. So I want to create a space. Personally, I've had such huge shifts happen from gathering in community and receiving information and guidance and Uh, the support of a community to shift in huge ways in my life. And so one of my desires is to cultivate a space where events like that can happen. So anything from, you know, learning breath work or a yoga retreat to, you know, deep, like you said, Jung Jungian kink psychology, something like that, um, or medicine ceremony, or um, even just like a gathering of friends that want to be in a really sacred yummy space together. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to making a space like that. I built my own house on wheels, this little tiny home in my van. Um, I made by hand myself. So, um, yeah, there's something I'm an artist as well. And I like making things with my hands. So I'm looking forward to having this insanely big project to create and just make spaces and make beautiful little places for people to congregate and evolve in. We're going to keep an eye out for the Wild Hearts Rise Up Retreat Center. Yeah. Well, Molly, that's it for today. Thank you so much for being on the show and um, sharing so much about different approaches to building a brand, building an enterprise with um, energy, magic, um, and all the business stuff that goes along with it. Awesome. Thanks so much for being on. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Whew. 
Whew, sweet people, that was an amazing talk with Molly Mandelberg. Thanks for being on the show, Molly. Really appreciate it because you bridge a gap between yeah, inner purpose, spirituality, something that's really meaningful and driving a lot of entrepreneurs. And I guess some people, some brand owners still struggle how to incorporate their belief systems, their big why, their essential, meaningful questions about life and why they work into their companies, into their brands. So thank you so much for being on and sharing your experience. Sweet people, you can check out Molly's podcasts and you can also check out her book. I can really recommend it. That's it for this week. I'll be back next week with another creative coffee break. Short and sweet, inspiring podcast where we can share a cup of coffee and debate some ideas on design and brand building. If you like this show, please remember to follow, like and subscribe. And if you want to learn more about brand building, brand design and storytelling, check out my website, sweetspot.studio. That's it for today. Thanks for tuning in. And I hear you on the sweet side. This podcast is produced by Sweet Spot Studio. New episodes each week, wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed the show, leave a rating and subscribe to never miss an episode. Find out more at sweetspot-studio.com. 